peace, love, and fucking butterflies. It's Juanita, and welcome to For the Soul Podcast. I figured I'd start small and just give you guys a small introduction. As most may know me from TikTok and certain stories of my life, those small clips don't really introduce me as the whole that I am. I like to believe I am a collective of all things, be it chaos, good, bad, or indifferent. I am 33, black female. I have four children, all boys, and I was raised by the iron fist of Sandra. And I am proud of the way that I was raised. I am proud for the turmoil that I endured. I once had a lot of bitterness and brokenness surrounding the things that I experienced, certain traumas, and we'll dive in this as the episodes go along. As some may know, I am on a healing journey and I believe healing to be continuous. If you could visualize this for a moment where you step out your front door and you take a stroll down the block going to the corner store and you see some 20 nothings playing their string guitars as if they're growing out of their limbs, singing pop music from their soul and you stop and your hands are in the air blowing with the wind and the moment is yours because it feels like they're singing to you that is how I would describe healing, yet I still don't feel like it does it justice. It is something I always tell others, you've got to see it to believe it. Things people may not really take into account, healing hurts worse than the trauma itself, but it's so, so worth the heartache. It is so worth addressing the things, be it triggers, re-traumatizing yourself, opening the wounds so you can examine in them. If you don't examine them, how will you really know them? Some people don't really understand how far triggers go. It could be something as small as a smell or a certain color and you don't know why it brings about the feelings that it does. You don't know why you start to feel like you're going backwards. The brain works via association. So whatever a certain sound or that color triggers in the mind is the act, the trauma that you endure. That's what the association is. So your brain operates in that space to keep you alert, to initiate fight or flight when necessary. Unfortunately, freeze is also one of those responses. A lot of people don't talk about and a lot of people don't want to admit. Fear can definitely be paralyzing and that is okay. I say all of that to say, as we go through these times together, we'll talk about the good, the bad, the indifference. Because sometimes chaos is needed. Storms are needed. And the moment that you're experiencing such discomfort, you might disagree. And it's okay. I would love for you guys to take this journey with me. It won't always be about the traumas. It won't always be about the dark days. There's a whole lot of good sprinkled in the bad. And sometimes when you're in the bad, you completely forget about the good. I find it funny that it doesn't really happen the other way around. Although we know happiness to be fleeting, nobody pauses in a moment of laughter thinking, oh shit, something is about to go left. Forgive me as I'm kind of new to the podcast thing and I'm all for flying by the seat of my pants, figuring it out as I go. 
Your patience is truly appreciated. Seeing as I'm doing this live, I also want you guys to understand, sometimes I pause and think. I like to pick my words accordingly like the perfect apple off a tree. I can get tongue-tied at times as words will wrap themselves around my tongue, fighting for which one is right. I know we have talked on TikTok for those of you who know me there. You have given me some topics you guys would like to address. And some say, hey, just read me the dictionary, girl. As long as it's coming out of your mouth, I'm all ears. That is much appreciated. I hope that all of these messages find you well. I hope they bring you laughter and allow you to cry when you need to. I hope they assist you in creating safe spaces for yourself, for your children and your loved ones. I hope there's encouragement. That if there's someone in your life that you want to bring along your healing journey, that you find the courage to reach back. I never push anybody to stand in discomfort to fix a a strange situation or relationship solely based on that. Because there can be a lot of rejection and resentment and etc. And you may not realize you're just opening yourself up to be re-traumatized, to be made out to be the bad person. There's a saying you may be familiar with, you can't do an old you with new people. That is something I learned the hard way on my own journey. As I would continue to show up rumbling with imposter syndrome because am I really really this person now? Am I no longer broken? Am I no longer bitter? I'm not pissed off no more. (laughs) Yeah, it's me. And I can be new even to myself. But I would, I would encounter certain individuals and they would continuously poke the bear trying to get that old thing back. They wanted me to react like Siobhan. No, I need us at the forefront now, baby. I don't, I'm not tussling with you over nothing stupid. I'm happy and I'm gonna stay there. And over time, as I continue to show up in my newness, And my raw, true self for what I have become. Because I did the work. As my friend would say, doing the work in the dark brings a whole new individual to the light. I had to continue to show up as the end result of myself, of my hard work. And eventually, people either fell off or they took me at face value and said, Oh, shit. People can change. Yes. Yes, we can. The broken of the broken, the worst of the worst, always have hope for a better day. That is not to say that if I wronged you in my brokenness and my bitterness that you needed to accept me because I've changed. Not at all. I have made my amends. And if that were not enough, then I completely understand. I do not advocate for anybody stand and continuously have to pay for the things that they did when they were not their true self. By all means, take your accountability, but you do not have to continuously be beat up for some choices that you made. Most people can't take into account that we beat our own selves up as we know we are always our own worst critic. Even the broken and the bitter people have that voice in the back of their head 
that's telling them something, whether they ignore it or not. It's not void. It's there. I won't hold you guys long today as I just wanted to introduce the journey that we're about to partake on. As I did want to, as I stated earlier, ask for some of your patience, some of your guidance. I may have wisdom far beyond my years, but I can say it's been a long 33 and not all bad. I wasn't able to see it as such prior to the path that I am on now. As I learned in my healing, as much as life is multifaceted, healing has to be the same. To unpack that statement, most people believe that you just got to heal the trauma. You have to heal what hurts. For instance, I had a lot of sexual abuse as a child, molestation to be exact. So in my mind, I was thinking I have to heal those parts because it was affecting my sex life. It was affecting the way I looked at sex. It always, I could always find a trigger in something that was supposed to be pure and joyful or fun, whatever that situation was. I could find a problem there. And then I started to deprive myself. Prior to deprivation, I was rationing myself out with no thought. Some called it a whole phase. It was my detachment from womanhood because I was a curse. I cursed my vagina because I believe it cursed me. I had the thinking that I might as well give it to you because if you want it, you're going to take it anyway. I wasn't speaking up for myself. I wasn't standing up for myself. And I had learned to be okay with that until I no longer was. I had harbored so many things until finally I decided to place those things at my mother's feet. Mom, let me tell you about my childhood. The spaces in which you didn't see. The spaces in which you missed. As a single mother, she worked a lot. Some may understand. And others may know too that abuse, especially when ongoing, doesn't come from strangers. I am not a place in my journey that I care to name names or the relationship of the people that wronged me. Life has dealt with many of them. Some of them have gone on to glory long before their time. So, as I was saying, when I brought those things to my mother's feet, we got to have a moment. Of course, she apologized for the things that I had to endure. And then time went on and I still was battling, I'll call it sexual oppression. I was battling that. I was trying to figure it out. And I went back to my mother. Because after enough time of trying to figure it on my own, who knows more than mom, in my case. And we kind of talked about it. And I had to ask her, you have any traumas that you haven't unpacked? Has this happened to you? And she has her own story to tell. And in due time, if she's ever ready, she'll tell it. Personally, healing for me has been in teaching. So I've spent the last 15 years working in mental health. And I had believed that as long as I had somebody else's garbage to rummage through and unpack, organize and make sense of, then I didn't have to look at my own. I didn't realize by doing the work with them, 
I had been doing the work on myself. Although the impact wasn't as great as when I actually turned the mirror around and looked in it like, oh shit, my luggage is overflowing. Not because I internalized theirs, but because I kept suppressing mine's, keeping myself busy with somebody else's thing. And I can hide it under the guise of employment. Be it true, it wasn't a good enough answer. I'm not on my job 24-7. I have time. I have time for me. And I also had to understand the importance of making time for me. So I did. Of course, I started with what hurts most, my sexual traumas. And again, that is a continuous, a continuous journey. My brother, my sister, if you have a similar story, it is continuous. There's this factor that I was once ashamed of, and I don't really believe in shame anymore. Because I feel that that is an emotion that requires me to give a damn about what somebody else thinks. So when your introduction to sex is tampered with long before you know what sex intercourse and the real difference of gender, people are tampering with you. They're violating your space and you have no understanding. When that is the introduction throughout the course of your life, you may, you may find yourself in places where you meet arousal in the worst situations. If I can be completely vulnerable, possibly abstract. I could watch movies and when there was an an implied rape scene, I could feel myself being sexually aroused. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm not happy this woman is being violated because in my mind, I am angry at what I'm watching. The trigger comes, but then the arousal comes. The body can experience multiple emotions and responses at once be it true and then finally I started talking about it and I've learned that it's not warped I'm not the problem I had to unpack some of this luggage so I began doing so it made it a lot easier to understand myself. I didn't start out with wanting to fix me. I needed to understand me. That may be true for you as well. There is no right or wrong way to start your journey as long as you start, baby. So as I come into my journey of trying to heal my sexual traumas, again, it is continuous, not just actually in the bedroom, You can be out in the public and you have men with eyes on you and not every man's admiration is pure. There's violation in the way someone looks at you in my world because I've had those eyes on me as an eight-year-old girl and I didn't know what it meant, but I I know I didn't like the way it felt. And it took me even longer to realize that sometimes when I have eyes on me that I become that little girl again. And I get angry and I can feel the rage cooking inside of me. And I'm just. And then I started speaking about it. And I got to a place where I started to speak to the people in my circle. For instance, I was dating a gentleman and he would just stare at me 
my initial response is, what the fuck are you looking at? And he would often say, you're beautiful. I'm just admiring you. So I asked him, so we can come to a common ground. If you do find me beautiful and you're in a moment of admiration, sir, can you at least say that? Because staring at me without words brings me to a space where I am now thinking for you. And trauma has me thinking negatively. In the, in the event that I am trying to do things healthy now, I was so tired of broken relationships. Toxicity at its finest, honey. And he met me on that common ground. And we kind of worked through these things. And it helped me, one, because I agree, I had promised myself to speak up for myself. And I had started doing that. So I pat me on the back. I also promised myself to hold others accountable that when I speak up for myself, when I implement a boundary, I give you your period of adjustment. But when I realize that you just don't give a fuck about my demands, then you don't give a fuck about me. I dismiss myself, remove myself, whatever that may look like for you in your own journey. I encourage you to try it. I continue to grow through the element of trying to face what sexual abuse has really shaped me into as an individual, as a woman, as an adult, as a mother. And I would like to touch on this other factor. I was never really an affectionate person. Not even in my relationships. I'm not a public display of affection person either. That can make me uncomfortable sometimes. And so I have to let my partner know this is a part of me. And it's not something that necessarily needs to be healed, but understood first. Understand me before you try to change me. And if you really want to understand me, then let me explain to you when I'm ready to change. Because certain factors are what they are because I feel they keep me safe. They tell me that you are a safe space as well because you can respect that boundary as I navigate my own bullshit. Excuse me. So I had to realize that my not being affectionate was spilling over into my children. My oldest child was very affectionate. It took a while to understand that that was his love language. I have a very dear friend of mine who I went to about this and I said, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I don't mind hugging him, but I don't I don't want to hug him for too long. I don't want to hug him often, but it doesn't mean I don't love him. And that's when I got to the point that I can't love you the way I want to love you and expect that you know that I love you. So my friend was over with me one day and she said, just give him a hug, Juanita, and hold that embrace. And I did. She said, I can see the pain in your face. What is it? I said, in my mind, affection is associated with somebody wanting something from me sexually. Even though I know I'm looking at a child, my brain's association will not allow me to think otherwise. It is trying to keep me safe so much that I can't even embrace my child comfortably. And so we unpacked little by little. And I had to go and do some more work in the dark in her absence. I would have to stop my child at random and just hug him because you can re-associate things in your mind. Be gentle with yourself. Be gentle in your healing. 
as I continued to grow through that, grow through that part of what sexual abuse had done to me, I kept running into different things that were something triggering. And I can say this was roughly 10 years or so ago that I was able to make that connection per se. So when I say healing is continuous and multifaceted, please believe that is what it is. You will not wake up tomorrow, peaches and cream, screaming glory to all. In fact, you can wake up in five years from now and feel like you have done nothing. But it's okay. Continue to be gentle with yourself. Excuse me. As I continue to learn, excuse me, the places of myself that needed to heal, it brought me to where I am now. I am currently healing my finances and the way that I view money. Both of my parents worked their asses off to have the established backing that they have now. Not rich, not wealthy. What if a rainy day comes? They won't mind. Splash about in the puddles and keep going about their day. My father would often say, baby, money is no object. If you need it, I got you. If you want it and you're doing what you're supposed to do, I got you. So I grew up not completely understanding the lesson that he was giving me. I would always say money is no object. But I didn't have it like that money was an object. What my father was telling me was that I, that he had my, that excuse me, that I had his support indefinitely. So I had to reshape those things because why am I always broke? Why am I always struggling? Why? Because I believed money to be no object. Not in the sense of handling business, but in frivolous, frivolous things that I just had to acquire. Oh, I need those shoes. And my kids don't wear nothing but Jordans and all of that young thinking. That broke mentality. See, we think that oftentimes our status in life is simply about where we were placed. No, your lot in life is about the seeds that you plant. The things you choose to fertilize and grow around you. So I kept falling into my different patterns of brokenness and depression and messing up my life. And one day I looked up and my last screw up and said, enough is a fuck enough. In fact, it is too much. I need help. So I called all of my families, all of my friends. The people that I admired and who I knew had a little bit of financial stability. And I said, hey, how do y'all save money? How do y'all not live check to check? And everybody gave me a word of advice. I took what I felt I was capable of and I started to implement it. Because when I was in my brokenness, mentally, emotionally, financially, I couldn't put certain pieces of the puzzle together. I couldn't understand that when you have to choose between a hot meal and paying the light bill, that baby, you will be depressed. Your children start looking like disconnection notices instead of your babies, instead of something to pour into. 
I just bought you some motherfucking shoes. Oh, no, sis. No. Kids are always growing. They're always needing. And they're people. They're always wanting. Same as you. I will never say that if you can't afford them, don't have them. But I will say, love is not enough to raise a child. Do with that what you will. But if you are in a place where your finances need to be re-examined in the way that you look at them and the way you understand money in general, then I urge you to do just that. So I began budgeting, trying to do things differently. And then I would look up and I would have money in the bank. And oh my God, what a glorious feeling. The problem was never making money. It was needing the discipline to keep the money, to manage it to do the right things with it and not satisfy my impulses because I just had to have that bag, honey. (laughs) No, I need stability. You need stability. And you will never know until you get there how much that helps you continue to heal. See, when you're on anything in life journey-wise... If you're not able to maintain your livelihood, the bare minimum of a living standard, the the journey that you're on will fall to the wayside. For instance, I've been to college several times before I was well off and I had my children young. So it wasn't so much of, oh, you could have just went to school after high school. As I graduated high school, seven months pregnant, the children were sick or, you know, money was funny. I needed another job. Oh, well, I can't finish school. Although the the degree would take me to another level career-wise. It would bring more money. I couldn't focus on it. Because I had yet to implement a certain level of discipline in my finances, discipline in my life. Now, I am a free spirit, a free thinker. And again, flying by the seat of my pants is okay with me. Until one day I had to stop and realize that while I'm in flight, My children are in the same flight. They're in the cockpit, not understanding what's going on, not knowing where they'll land or if they'll even land safely. They're just along for the ride by proxy. How unfair was that? How selfish of me. We'll stop here as I wanted to just give you guys an introduction. As I wanted to give you a taste of what we will be addressing as time goes on. Again, as I feel my way around in the dark, honey, because I'm new here. I hope that you guys will get what you need from this. I hope to hear from you. And then you tell me other things that we can address. Peace, love, and fucking butterflies. Auntie loves you all. <laughs>